welcome to Tarot for the Wild, Soul Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I am your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today, every Tuesday. So happy to be here with all of you at the start of a whole new month, at the start of February. Um, we have, I mean, the monthly medicine episodes are by far the favorite of everyone listening to this podcast. And uh, people tend to be the most excited for them, which um, really tickles me. I love that people are passionate about them. So um, anyone who's listened to this before knows that the monthly medicines are usually pretty packed full of information. This is like, to me, on another level, because there's some really powerful channeling stuff. We also happen to have a super blue blood moon eclipse happening uh, depending on where you are in the world, either today or tomorrow. And um, we have another eclipse later in the month. And um, we have Imbolc in the Northern Hemisphere on the 1st of February, Lamas in the Southern Hemisphere for some folks in the Southern Hemisphere. I know you rock Lamas, um, even though it denotes the beginning of spring and it is high, high, high <laughs> summer by y'all. Um, it, no matter where you are, if it resonates with you, take it. And if not, don't, I will talk about both today just to honor North and South. Um, yeah, it's good shit. And I'm really excited to get down into it. Um, there's one tiny piece of housekeeping, um, and then we're going to kind of get right into it because I don't have anything else to share. Um, many of you know I do a thing called the Sacred Wheel, which is a seasonal journey through the wheel of the year, through the lens of tarot, magic, and ceremony. And there's going to be a brand new one that's going to go out on the 31st of January, just in time for the eclipse. So if it sounds like something that you're interested in, you can sign up on my website at lindsaymack slash... Oh, fuck lindsaymack.com slash the sacred wheel um i'm gonna just mention that i'm not really going to be doing a lot of readings anymore a little bit i'm not doing any in-person readings but we'll be doing phone and skype readings from time to time this year um the focus is shifting to a lot more group offerings and so if you like what i do and you you know are interested in staying more intimately in touch with my offerings and with sort of a gentle way of learning about the tarot. Um, Sacred Wheel is great. You will hear about it once every two weeks. Sorry to people who don't like that. I'm sure that accounts for some of the less the lesser starred reviews <laughs> that this podcast gets. But you know what? You don't have to listen to ads. So there are, you know, there are blessings and everything. I'm going to take a sip of my tea, figuratively and literally. Um, so yeah, you know what Sacred Wheel is. Just letting you know that it's happening. And if you want to be on top of it, you can. And if you don't, you know, that's fine. It's perfect. You'll, I'm here. I'm here with you now. It's going to be, it's great. Um, so now that that's out of the way, <clears throat> let's move into the medicine of the month. So before I do that, let's talk about this eclipse. So, wow, this eclipse. So again, it's a super blue blood moon eclipse. So what does that mean? Super 
because we have, um, technically speaking, what I'm talking about is the fact that we're, we have a lunar eclipse, full moon in Leo happening on the 31st, depending again on where you live in the world. Um, and depending on where it's visible from all that jazz. So supermoon, astrologically, astronomically, closer to the planet, closer. So the energy of the moon is going to feel a lot more intense. I bet you anything that most people listening to this have started to feel the eclipse as of last week. It might've been making you a little snippy, might've been making you a little impatient. It might've been tossing around your uh, timing. If other people have been running late, if you've been running late, that's kind of all the frequency of this eclipse. It's very powerful. There's a lot of electromagnetic energy to this uh, eclipse and to the way that Leo is transiting through the sun in Aquarius right now, just the um, blend of the two signs. So there's a lot of real charge. And if you've been um, feeling the charge, that's not weird and makes total sense. Um, one of the best ways to kind of work with that is to do things that feel restorative, nurturing, in alignment with um, what calms you and helps to help you. Um, anything that helps you kind of like process those big energies like that, if you need to be more solitary or if you need to go out more, just give yourself what you need. There's a lot of charge here. So that's due to the supermoon nature of this. It's physically closer. So we're feeling a lot of those vibrations a lot more clearly. Just a reminder to everyone, as obvious as this sounds, we are, so much of our bodies are made of water. We see in the evidence of how the ocean moves with the tides and or how the moon has pull over the tides, we are no different. So it's not strange that your inner ocean would be feeling this moon and that you would be feeling it now. And, you know, water communicates. So you might want to just drop in with your body and ask yourself, you know, hey, how am I, how are you feeling? How are you, what are the kind of upgrades going on right now? Your, your body knows. So you can talk to it if you like. Um, blue moon. It's a blue moon because we have two uh, moons in the same month. So we had a full moon on the first. We're having a full moon on the 31st. Last time that happened, I believe was 150 years ago. So it's powerful. That's why we call it a blue moon. It's a blood moon due to the nature of where the moon is with regard to the sun. So we're actually going to see some red shadow on the moon. Um, that sometimes happens in a lunar eclipse. It sometimes doesn't. And uh, we have a full moon in Leo. So without going into it, um, because there's so many beautiful resources to learn about this moon. This moon is um, very significant for a couple reasons. Um, it is connected and kind of tied to the great American eclipse, solar eclipse that happened uh, in August. So we want to think back to where we were then. What was going on? How were we feeling? What did we notice? I will speak for myself that... Take another sip of my tea. Um, I didn't necessarily feel too much 
consciously from the great American eclipse, but the powerful um, message that came through my me just in my channel was that um, we were everyone really collectively was being invited to know that choices matter, that when we make decisions, um, that it was really a powerful collective upgrade um, around taking personal responsibility and beginning to cultivate wise pausing um, and just, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, wise discernment before making decisions, speaking, com committing, or communicating. So that's all, again, connected to heart. It's all connected to the energy of Leo. So we're kind of closing a portal with that. Where and what has your journey been from August to now with regard to your choices? Where have you been, where have you been invited to pay closer attention to the consequences of your actions, to the consequences of your choices? What has lit up for you in terms of wise choice? This is a very powerful reclamation time that we're in right now. All of us are moving into a space where we're being asked to really review. Where do we feel called to place our energy? Where do we, call, where do we feel called to kind of welcome it back in a kind of retrieval energy? Whatever that might be wherever that might be living for us, that is really the extent of this full moon in Leo. There's a lot going on with it. There are a lot of internal upgrades and a lot of wiring upgrades that are going to um, go down. Anytime, anytime we have a lunar eclipse, um, shadow, that's what we're working with is the shadow. Um, we can see this energetically with both solar eclipses and lunar eclipses. Solar eclipses kind of invite us into a space of tuning in with the inner self, blocking out our two eyes and connecting with the third eye, seeing things differently, just um, beginning to see with the third eye in a different way. Lunar eclipses are about seeing aspects of the inner life and the unknown that maybe we're not as comfortable with. So Leo, Leo is the lion, the leader, all about passion, all about purpose, all about um, drive and success and all about the heart. Leo does everything heart first. Um, any kind of self-centered egotistical qualities that can sometimes come up with the shadow of leo um is only when that kind of pure beautiful expression of the charm and the magic and the heart of leo is kind of blocked in some way or we're going through a contraction of some kind so this moon and the energy of a full moon in leo matched with a with an eclipse in the sign of Aquarius essentially equals out to the following upgrades, deep looking, deep clarity around 
the shadow aspects of the heart around the shadow aspects of the ego that are either facilitating or blocking our deeper connection with our soul's purpose and with what our individual soul's purpose is kind of here to offer to humanity as a whole. Big shit. So the full moon in Leo isn't all about the shadow, of course. It's about fucking, for some people, taking off like rocket ships, being seen more, visibility, um, moving into a space where the heart is really open, where um, a whole new sense of self, Leo really is so much about self and in a way that really serves others uh, versus Aries when it's really just kind of more about knowing thyself in order to enact a more individual purpose. Leo is an absolutely beautiful sign and when it's illuminated in a full moon, we're harvesting something from the energy of the heart, from the energy of Leo and doing so with full empowered knowledge of the shadow that lives there so we can bow to it, so that we can thank whatever parts of the shadow are coming up so that they can be released, so that they can be honored. So in terms of what you might feel called to do for this moon, I don't know that anything is coming through with regard to a ceremony or a ritual as much as it might just be a beautiful time for you to review and to check in and inquire and just be, which that theme of just be is a really important part of this month because we're really befriending mystery this month. February is very much about void energy, which is nothing to be afraid of. We'll talk about that. But to kind of wrap up things, check into where these themes live for you. Where are you being invited to bow and let your soul leap forward into greater humanitarian efforts or into a more Aquarian way of being in the world? And where might you feel afraid? Where might you feel blocked? Where might you feel stuck? All of that is really here to be illuminated and touched upon in this moon. And we'll talk about the um, eclipse in Aquarius that's going to be a little bit later on in February, a little bit later in our podcast. But for now, I wanted to really talk about the moon because it's really powerful and important. And the frequency and the feeling that I get about it is that it's really more about letting ourselves be upgraded rather than necessarily leaning into the energy of the moon to get plant um, receive or even call anything forward. You can, depending on where it's hitting in your chart. And for that, I would recommend seeing an awesome astrologer for that to figure that out. But, um, let the moon happen to you. There's really nothing to do. Um, and that fits in quite nicely with this theme of both sealing up the uh, lessons that have taken place from August to now and what the medicine of January has brought us. It's felt really long for a reason. There's just been so much work that's really gone on with 
all of us and there's a lot of beauty to celebrate there. Um, also something to bear in mind, um, pretty much from April to August of 2017, and this is again flashing back to the Great American Eclipse, which the uh, lunar eclipse in Leo is um, kind of connected with, energetically speaking, the energy of April to August and really April to September, especially um, of 2017, was a profoundly intense inward-looking time. Some people may have not experienced it that way um, externally. Like you may have been moving and grooving and working and, you know, um, really making strides forward. But most of us were sitting still and we're being really invited to sit still and kind of wait and really drop in and feel in. And that's the shackles and the handcuffs and the kind of um, pace of that time is really coming to an end and moving into a space of more integration um, I feel like that's not even like English, but there's just more integration happening um, from the slowness of the early part of 2017 ending in the Great American Eclipse and then the intense speed of February to pretty much now. I'm sure most people will uh, resonate that things have just felt so fast or like they were moving so fast from about September to um, now. Now there's going to be a little bit more of a blending in terms of the energies where we're not going too, too fast. We're not going too slow. We're really learning how to just be, which we have our little siren. Um, I So many people have written me, by the way, and said like they love the sirens and don't cut them out. I'm sure there are other people listening to this who are like, fuck you, bitch, hate those sirens. But um, I really love them in New York because... I find that they're very significant. We don't have nature sounds out here, um, not too much. <laughs> so the sirens are kind of this beautiful punctuation in moments of, um, I have found in shedding my resistance to the piercing nature of them. But of course they'd have to be in New York, otherwise you wouldn't pay attention. Anyway, all that to say that I'm about to jump in it's a perfect dovetail into the medicine of February. So this one came through. So usually I have to like drop in and like listen. It came right in. And I was like, all right, cool. And I checked on it. They were like, yep, that's it. So the sacred mantra the thing that we're really working through, moving through, that is really echoed in our tarot cards for the month is the phrase and the mantra, blossoming in the void. Blossoming in the void. So when we think of the void, or at least when most people think of the void, some people get really scared. Um, maybe not you. Maybe you kind of colloquially embrace the void, but secretly or privately or um, kind of in yourself don't like it 
And if you don't particularly find a lot of comfort or a lot of ease in the idea of the void, congratulations, you're a member of the human race. <laughs> Everything in our nervous systems, bodies, parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems are built to not like the unknown, period. When the ego thinks it knows what's going on or has a perception of knowing what's going on, it believes that we are safe and that our survival is being met. It's really simple. Um, it's so complicated and not simple, but it's really simple that what the mind, body, um, and nervous system know, they tend to gravitate closer to because um, what is familiar feels safe and what is unfamiliar can feel like death. And I want to offer a little shout out to my fellow survivors and thrivers of massive trauma and PTSD. It's extra for us. Extra. If you've had trauma, any kind of trauma, any kind of abuse, especially CPTSD, childhood abuse, uh, I, I am a survivor of that myself. Um, if chaos is your normal as a kid, good shit feels like death. Amazing things feel like death. So if you've ever been in a position where someone has surprised you or you've started dating a really nice person and you literally feel like you want to throw yourself off a bridge or destroy the relationship, there's nothing wrong with you. Is there stuff to heal and recenter and shift? Absolutely. Is there something wrong? No. It's the nervous system attempting to help because it's unfamiliar with good things. And trauma aside, this is most of us, isn't it? I'm sure everyone listening to this understands what it is to be extremely uncomfortable in the void, in, in mystery, and in the unknown. So I'll tell you what typically happens with people when we are in a time of unknown or void or being invited to kind of look into the face of void. Um, we tend to want to scramble, right? We tend to want to grab onto walls or to stuff to hold on to because we don't want to feel like we're free falling, even though like we are, <laughs> even though like we totally are, like we have all these tools, you know, and everything, but nothing really separates nothing is really true except that there is no known that there really is no future that we are birthing it in every moment very important to reflect on regarding this eclipse when we remember that the great american eclipse is really about choices matter so be present for the creation of your choices this is sort of again like a little loop back to that as well um we want to scramble and when we want to scramble because we're uncomfortable of the unknown, that's when stuff happens like we start staying with the wrong people because we're too afraid to be alone. Or we start scrambling to date someone because we don't want to feel like we're alone. Or we have a belief that's going unexamined that if we're not chasing after someone to date, no one will come. Maybe for some of us, it's a matter of career changes and taking leaps into new directions and giving up control over how or where abundance comes through to us. It could be something like that. But that's typically how, well, that's a very human way that we grip. But it calls 
us, life will call our attention to these kind of rebellions against the void. When we start making choices that actually are not in alignment with what is trying to come through. It's actually not in alignment for our highest and best. We just sort of do it as a kind of a microcosm of escaping or wanting to avoid death because the void is really about living life presently in the understanding and in the awareness that death and birth are happening at every moment. We truly don't actually know what's going on. And ironically, once there is a willingness to drop into that idea, life becomes less terrifying and a lot more sympathetic. It becomes a lot kinder because we understand that there's nothing happening but what's here. Like literally, wherever you are listening to this podcast, that's where you're supposed to be because how could you argue with it? Can't argue with reality. It's very hard to do that. I am exactly where I'm meant to be right now as well. At the exact weight that I'm meant to be, at the exact address, at the exact position, at the exact time in my life, at the exact age. And so are you. And that is what it is to be in the void, is to understand that, of course, there are going to be things that we desire and wish and hope and want. And the ego will absolutely spike up and say, if you don't do X, you're never going to get Y. And if you don't take this action, you're never going to get that. And that is sometimes true. That again, we're human beings. We have free will on this planet. Action is important. Of course. However, what February calls us to pay attention to is how we can bloom in this chaos energy. And when I say chaos energy, I'm not talking about something coming this month that's chaotic. We are in chaos. Period. It's a chaos, it's a chaotic universe. There is so much order and medicine and rightness to the spiral. But tell me if you understand it. I don't. We're not supposed to. And that's part of the willingness to be in life is not understanding it all and yet stepping forward, knowing that we're all going to die someday and yet stepping forward and yet getting up and yet putting on the outfit that we love that we might not fit into or even want to wear in a month, much less in 50 years. So it's about actually being here being present in the imperfection and in the not knowing of life, which is the absolute most powerful portal we can possibly drop our attention into. When we begin to notice where we're clinging to people, places, ideas, goals, dreams that are not actually in alignment with our soul, but with an idea almost like a pacifier, helping keep us, helping to keep us out of the void of the unknown. If we can start to notice where we're clinging rather than free falling in areas where we're meant to really feel the air around us, to open ourselves up to the possibility of an incredible thing coming through at any moment. If we were just not distracted enough, to 
not be available to, that would really be something. And that's really where we're being invited to look. And P.S., the brain also loves to isolate and it loves to bully. So if you're kind of feeling right now like, fuck, I do this all the time. I'm so fucked up. Guess what? I do too. Like, hi. (laughs) We're like any person who does um, work like what I do or, you know, whatever is lying to you if they don't tell you that they get all caught up, all tangled up in their ego. It's the passion that I have for disentangling that even remotely qualifies me to be having this conversation with you. I'm still just as much of a student. So don't let the brain kick you in the ass for this because everyone does this. And this is just, this is not something to excel at or perfect. It's something to notice because there is something for all of us that wants to come through. It's a continuation on the theme in January of the upgrade. Um, we're, really, you can consider upgrade to be the year-long mantra. Are you available to be upgraded? Part of being upgraded is a surprise. We don't always know. But if our attention is so deeply focused on something that we think we want or we believe we want or we want just because it makes us feel safe and good, then we're missing out and really robbing ourselves inadvertently of the opportunity to get upgraded. If you're obsessed with getting a window seat and coach, you might not be available for an upgrade to first class. And, you know, both are great, but I'll take the upgrade to first class. So that's what it is to blossom in the void. We are blossoming in the void. All of us have the opportunity this month to bloom open in our own way. And the blooming doesn't have to be some external validation of success. We're out of Capricorn right now. We're in Aquarius. This is about the soul's individual purpose and how it reflects into and onto and kind of um, offers a loving energy to humanity, how we're being called to be in the world, serving and holding space and living our lives in a way that connects and reflects us to others and to the world around us. So that's a beautiful time to drop into Aquarius and in other ways, of course, the star and the fool. Because with Aquarius, we have Uranus, which is the ruling planet. We are connected with the fool. So we're talking big leaps. We're talking beautiful chances. We're talking alignment. We're talking trust certainly talking free fall. And of course, we're talking about the star, which is ruled by Aquarius, which is about healing, reconnection to the inner water, reconnection to clearing, to the emotions, to the great mother, to sky, to the intergalacticness of our being. So there's a lot here, but really blooming in the void just means living your life regardless of where You may be afraid or contracted. You can bloom while being afraid. We don't need to be ready to bloom. But we can be willing to move out of our own way and to release 
any patterns, relationships, habits, and old addictive patterns, again, that word pattern, that keep us clutched and help to keep our nervous system in a state of false comfort so that we can be available to bloom within the discomfort to just take mystery one step at a time. Now, of course, if you are somebody who is working through deep trauma, if you're somebody who has a coping mechanism or a survival mechanism that you absolutely need at this moment, number one, I have been there. I know what it is to have those things and I am absolutely speaking to you with this podcast, but I'm also not speaking to you because if you have a survival mechanism or a coping mechanism that is helping your nervous system feel safe on the planet, we're not talking about that. We want to bless that. That's not necessarily blocking you from the void. It's helping you to feel safe to even step out and consider this idea. So no judgment there. Let's honor, again, wise discernment. Everyone's in a different place. It's absolutely perfect wherever you are. It's just something to reflect on. Every single one of you might have a really different idea of what this means. Your coping mechanism might be, or your, I'm sorry, your kind of like anchor against the unknown of the void might be that you know that you have a message that you want to share and you keep collaborating with people because you're too afraid to share it. That would be something that in February, I would say, take the biggest fucking leap of faith, be the most courageous you've ever been, and politely decline offers to collaborate and go off and do your own thing. It could be simple, it could be complex, whatever you want, just give it a try. And actually look in the face of what your relationship is to believing that you have something to say, something to offer. If you keep fucking around with online dating because you're really uncomfortable with the idea that if you relax, maybe you won't ever meet anybody, delete those fucking apps for a month, please. And give yourself the opportunity to actually connect to the discomfort. Stress can be healthy. Discomfort can be healthy. We grow through nothing else but discomfort. And there's wise discomfort, then there's just discomfort. So that's why when I speak to anyone listening to this, working with PTSD or trauma, there can be absolutely wise, um, wise survival mechanisms that you need right now that are not in any way, shape, or form something to just drop without an appropriate anchor under you. Um, And there might be some other things that you're like, yeah, I can let go of that or this. So I just want everyone to connect with this where it meets them in a place of safety um, and in a place of wherever you happen to be, wherever you happen to be. It's just something um, to begin to look at because February is extremely supportive Um around the idea of blooming open regardless of circumstance, regardless of whether or not you believe that you're allowed to, able to, that anyone's going to give a fuck. Just bloom. Because there's just this moment. So you might as well bloom open 
and really be here for it and let the sun touch your face and let the raindrops get absorbed through your beautiful petals and just be regardless of whether or not a bird is going to come and enjoy you or eat you or if an animal is going to eat you or if some herbalist is going to pick you it doesn't matter because better to have bloomed than to not have done so at all so really look at yourself this month and look at where you're being invited to blossom in the void regardless of guarantees or outcomes it's a very powerful invitation so how we can rest in the unknown is just by taking it moment by moment and by talking about it. So I find huge, I wouldn't even be here if I didn't begin to report on my experience. So some people absolutely know what that is. To report on our experience is to honor the realness of what we're feeling while investigating the truth. So for example, if I am moving through discomfort because um, of whatever, um, that's really real. It's real. My discomfort because of, let's just say, um, you know in my transition from doing one-on-one clients to more group work, um, let's just say there's fear about survival and not having enough to survive financially. That's super real. That's real. Like there's no argument with that. That's there. My job is to honor and bow to the feeling because it's there. It's bringing some kind of treasure. It's inviting us within to investigate and look at it. And it's important not to try to mantra or pray that feeling away, but to actually look into it and embrace it and befriend it. However, my responsibility is also to investigate the truth. So it is very important while we're having feelings like, what if I never meet a partner? What if I won't be okay financially? What if everything turns or changes and I'm not okay? What if, um, you know, I'm feeling so good right now, but what if my depression comes back? Anything like that. It might. And then what? And then we make an adjustment. We get back on the horse. We call our psychiatrist. We tune in with our doctor. We make a move that responds to wherever we happen to be and we do our best to step forward but no matter what we can be okay in the process by honoring the real discomfort and also recognizing that the truth is we're okay we may not feel okay but we're okay unless we're not (laughs) and if we're not okay then we can respond to it We can take appropriate action, we can wait, we can cry, we can speak about it, and we can ask for help. There's a lot that we can do in the space of honoring 
the real feelings and the truth and seeing where they intersect or bisect. So part of how we befriend and sit in discomfort is by actually acknowledging that it's there, but by looking for the root systems and what those root systems might have to teach and offer us. And how this connects to our tarot reading, the Wild Soul Collective tarot reading for the month, is that the medicine of the month is the moon. So once again, a lot of perfection in this. The moon is ruled by Pisces, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, um, as we always do in the monthly medicine, the significance of moving from one sign to another within the month. And in February, we're moving from the star to the moon. So we have some um, parallels there. And there is no card in the deck that represents the void and the unknown and the mystery like the moon does. So we're really in some beautiful company here. <laughs> um, this is the medicine of the month, is befriending the waves, diving under the waves, letting the depths of the ocean take us down into the very essence of our being. This is Pisces. This is the moon card. Moon card is very powerful and really beautiful and can feel extraordinarily uncomfortable if we are fighting or uncomfortable with the void. Again, from my trauma peeps out there, I hear you. I used to really not like the moon. The more comfortable and the more um, healing and clearing the nervous system gets, this is why we're in the star to help facilitate us into the moon. The more we connect to the safety that can be found in this moment and the more that we're letting ourselves bloom open, even though we don't know what the next day will bring, essentially living life presently and mindfully, the more that the moon will come to call because Pisces, as everyone knows, is the sign of enormous and immense depth, almost unknowable depth, depth, profound mystery, and um, emotional capabilities that not too many signs can even come close to in the zodiac. Um, it also possesses an immense capacity for psychic power and imagination and dreams and um, is, is like deep, deep, deep middle of the ocean water. This is like queen of cups energy. When we're in the moon, we have a choice. We can freak the fuck out because the ego doesn't know what's going on, or we can drop into the waves and swim in them and explore them and take a dive and potentially stand to totally expand our intuition which is one gift of the void. And we also stand to clear out and cut the chain of karma and of patterns and of cycles with those places that we tend to grip onto and want to latch onto for safety when we could be free falling to a whole nother upgraded point in our lives. So the medicine of the month being the moon is once again inviting us to embrace mystery to favor deep water, to know that we would never be plunged into the deep water if we weren't available to handle it, and to pay attention to our choices and especially what we're believing. When we're in the moon, it can feel like we're going 
backwards sometimes. It might not feel that way for you, but I'm just going to like, I'm going to offer that just in case anyone experiences that. It's like a little disclaimer on a medicine bottle. <laughs> you can you can sometimes feel like you're going backwards. Of course, we, we cannot go backward. It's not possible, um, even if it feels that way. The brain only has so many file folders in the file cabinet. So sometimes something can feel like it's going backward. And it's really that the brain doesn't have uh, a file for that um, particular feeling. So it just puts it in one file. So having said that, um, it can feel like we're going backward. When you feel like that in the moon, it's really, really important to, again, remember choice and remember truth that we move in a spiral. There's no way to really go backward and to work with this idea of learning from or gaining from whatever is coming up, whatever's arising that feels like it's old. Um, it doesn't mean that it's here to fuck our lives up or to crash us or anything like that. It really is that if something kind of old gets excavated or comes up, it's very rarely traumatic, although it can be from time to time, um, an old memory that doesn't feel particularly pleasant. Um, any time that I've chosen to really work with that in the moon, it actually helps me process it. And that's really the function of being present. It's also what blossoming in the void is really all about. If we are available to stand in the unknown and be there, we actually get to process the big feelings and work with them, transmute them, release them from the nervous system so we are clearer and fuller and more available to move forward in our lives rather than not. So there's a lot of beauty there and there is a medicine to that. And again, the medicine is the thing we're taking in order to promote a shift or a change or a healing in the body. So we want to really invite in the moon because it's bringing some really beautiful energy to us. And um, it's an absolutely magnificent way of connecting ourselves to our deeper knowing and to the truth in us so that we can walk away a little bit freer and a little bit more unfettered. What we're leaving behind in January, what we're releasing is five of swords. It's interesting because we got five of pentacles for January. Um, a lot of five energy going on. Five of swords is about patterns, patterns and about, again, decisions. So the five of swords when we're in this card, a lot of the time it's because the brain kind of pulls a little bit of a switcheroo on us. And well, I'll, I'll offer an example. I'll actually like offer a complete example. It's a, it's a totally hypothetical example, but let's say like there's someone in your life that you like cannot quit. Like you're so attracted to them and they bring you nothing but trouble, nothing but trouble. Every time you tell yourself, you're never going to text this person again, they come back in, they sidle up and you find yourself literally like in bed with them or talking to them or engaged with them. And then it's like, later you remember, fuck, 
I, it's like I blacked out. Like literally, I don't know how I didn't remember to tell this person to fuck off. And yet here we are. And it's like, it's like I forgot. And now all of a sudden I'm engaged with them again and I've got to pull out all, all, you know, all over again. That's the five of swords is that experience of something not being great for us or just causing a cycle of pain and confusion and contraction. And because pain, confusion, and contraction generally slow down soul growth, the brain kind of likes them. And so the brain will kind of gently edge us forward and encourage us through, you know, desire or through like, you know, impulse or whatever to kind of step into something again. And it could be a million different things. It, the five of Swords has come up for me in so many very deeply um, embedded and complex ways. But the point of the Five of Swords is not to fuck us up and get us back into some old bullshit patterns, even though it does that a lot. What it is here to do is to teach us how to recenter and to teach us how to take wise action. So one way that Five of Swords has come up for me many times is that when I was on medication for, um, on amino acid therapy for like my PTSD, I used to go through these cycles of like not taking it. And I would always, when I feel better, and I think a lot of people on any kind of medication will agree that that does happen, that I would like forget. I'd get so busy and, you know, and of course it wasn't really about the busy or the forgetting. It was that the brain was attempting to invite me down into a cycle of chaos and of feeling shitty that I was really used to. And I had to go through that maybe about four or five times to be able to finally catch it and work with it and be present with it. But every single time that happened and I'd sort of hit a bottom, not a bottom bottom, but a place where I'd recognize like, whoa, do not feel great. Um, I'd pull this card and it would remind me like, just call your doctor. Just call your doctor. No shame. You can work through it. It's totally fine. The same goes with anyone who falls off the wagon, who's committed to sobriety. Just call your sponsor. The five of swords cuts through the drama because the drama is what the brain wanted. So we're actually leaving behind all this bullshit in January. It's not to say you'll never go through it again. It's how we work with it that's different. We really have no time for bullshit like that anymore. Like, we really don't. Not on this planet. <laughs> Not on this plane. If there's, you know, a reconnection with someone who didn't make you feel great, if you forget to take your medication, if you stop taking it on purpose and then realize, like, fuck, that was a self-sabotage, whatever. If you fall off the wagon, if you relapse, whatever it is, the Five of Swords is really here to help us know there's nothing that we can't recenter from. Even if it's a very intense journey, even if it's an easy journey, the mind can tend to want to really project out that we're not okay, that we'll never be able to be okay. And in the five, it can often feel like we really did damage. That's part of why in the Rider Five, like 
that dude who takes all the swords basically wins them in a bet that the two men walking away lose and they lose their swords so that energy and that idea is important to bear in mind that what we're leaving behind in january is this old pattern and this old cycle of dropping back into old behaviors that are not serving us anymore which is intimately connected to the idea of embracing the unknown if you are very committed to shifting your food the way you eat how you nourish yourself and you are committed to saying yes to your body and shifting that in february i'm not saying that you have to i'm just if that's your journey um the five of swords is going to help in releasing itself in january to facilitate a much straighter path to gaining that goal because we tend to break out of eating patterns that are really nurturing and helping the body feel good because the brain is scared when things feel really good and we're kind of expanding and evolving out of a space of finding comfort in discomfort in a way that doesn't serve to finding comfort and discomfort in a way that promotes evolution. Hopefully that was like in English and makes sense. I'm gonna take another sip of my tea. It's so good. I want everyone to know I'm drinking lemongrass tea tonight. I feel like you're all with me. I feel like this is a really intimate monthly medicine and I'm really loving it. So what we're being invited to explore, investigate, and experience in Fe in um so sorry, in February, kind of what we'll be moving through is the six of swords. And yes, I shuffled. I shuffled well. So we're literally going from the five of swords to the six of swords. And I'll tell you as a reader, when things are sequential, I pay attention. I think that's really significant. So what we're going to be moving through in February, asking for help. A lot of people have a, um, a strong, deep, very rich relationship with the six of swords around the idea of travel and i really bow to that makes total sense i get it it's not strange and sometimes it does have to do with travel but my rich relationship with six of swords um is that of being supported so if we really look at the six of swords in the rider the woman in the boat is moving but we're not thinking about why she's moving she is sitting in the boat with her child and someone is rowing the boat he's actually in control of the boat and while she is tucked into herself seemingly devastated with all of these swords right in front of her eye level the man steering the boat is standing and able to see over the swords to help get her to her destination. So this means that whether we're traveling or not, moving or not, the significance of interpersonal support cannot be missed in the Six of Swords. We are in February really being invited to be very transparent about the discomforts of life. If there's been a desire or a an intention to kind of project a perfection or the idea that we know and we're, you know, we're 
it, this is the time to leave that behind and to ask for help where we need it. Um, it could be completely clinical for you. It could be therapy. It could be a doctor. It could be psychiatrist. It could be a sponsor. It could be a whole number of things, or it could just be friendship. It could be that there are moments when, um, it could be very important to investigate the relationship of needing to appear that you have everything under control. Those are all places to look because any six in the tarot has to do with people helping one another. There's always more than one person on the card. There's always someone engaging with another person. And in the six of swords, um, at its highest essence, at its deepest soul level, it's really a chance for us to trust fall into the arms of someone else who can help move us from point A to point B, whether that be um, externally in life or mentally or emotionally. The presence of a Six of Swords person can also be someone who holds a space for us that we can't see ourselves. So if you're in a time of transition, you're feeling really scared and really nervous and um, like you're not sure if you're okay, somebody who represents six of swords energy can hear you and say, you know what? I totally hear you. I've been there. You got this. I know that you're okay. Or if you're not feeling okay, here are the, here are five things that you can do to maybe help you feel okay. Or I can just sit with you while you're not okay. All of those things. So maybe you'll be called upon to be that person. Um, Regardless, it's about feeling the support and the beauty in the help that other people can bring us when we're willing to receive it. And it has everything to do with blossoming in the void because when we forget that we're not alone, it can be really hard to blossom. We can begin to develop perceptions about people and about who we are. We can start developing like personas that like, we're invincible or whatever, you know, you don't need to share your life story with everyone, but are there people that you can go to and speak to about whatever it is that you're going through? Are there people who can hold space for you and support you? All those things are things to invite in, especially at the full moon in Leo. And then the medicine of the month, or um, I'm so sorry, not the medicine of the month, (laughs) the gentle message from divine, kind of our little whisper in the ears, king of wands. So where is all this work taking us? Why are we blooming in the void? Because king of wands is acting as a kind of energetic loop to everything going on. King of wands is a trailblazer and king of wands is a creator, a manifester. He's double fire. He moves in a way that facilitates massive ability to connect, to hold space, to um, create so, so, so much, um, to be able to move in a way that brings our deepest essence up and out to other people that allows us to not be afraid to bring what we've got inside outside and to be able to handle massive amounts of pressure and a lot of movement, pressure in a good way, to be able to do it. 
So all this blooming, inward-looking, trusting in the unknown is so we can pretty much take off like rocket ships, which is really what the moon in Leo is all about. It's about positioning us and readying us so that we can keep pace with the journey that we're about to take in our lives. So having said all that, that's kind of where our tarot portion ends. And another beautiful thing that we're going to look at now really quickly is the fact that on February 1st, we're going to be celebrating in bulk or Lamas, depending on where you are. So in bulk, also known as Candlemas, if that's your flow, some people don't um, vibe with that. It's also known as Bridget's Day. Um, Bridget is an incredible archetype, um, fierce, fierce archetype, um, keeper of home and of hearth and of so much. Um, in bulk is the halfway point in the northern hemisphere between winter and spring and it is a welcoming of the fact that spring is coming and it is on its way to us so on in bulk we honor that with planting seeds with calling back in the spring calling back in the light it's a beautiful beautiful um holiday a beautiful moment on the wheel of the year and then for people in the southern hemisphere today is your Lamas, which is august 1st in um i believe yeah i think so right maybe september 1st sorry i don't remember but um i believe that Lamas is august 1st just gonna confirm doing this live on the air um yeah, August 1st, I was right. So in the Southern Hemisphere, today is your Lamas, and that is a harvest day. And it is a day of welcoming in the dark, welcoming in a different kind of light, the glow of candles and the glow of the fire on cold nights, because it's fucking hot in the Southern Hemisphere right now. And when we honor Lamas, it's a beautiful way of beginning to turn the wheel, even in a way that we can't feel quite yet, but turning the wheel toward the dark, even though the dark is not quite here with Lamas, and even though the light is not quite upon us in, uh, in bulk, it's the turning toward and beginning to prepare for the light and the dark respectively. So there's a lot of beauty there. I also find it really lovely that this all takes place during um, Aquarius. Uh, the star feels very fitting for that kind of energy. Um, moving from Aquarius to Pisces, this really is both for the Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere. This really is the time of the year that lends itself to deep diving. So wherever you happen to be, Moving from the star to the moon is very significant because we're moving from a space in the star of clearing, of cleansing, of tuning in with ourselves, of um, reconnection to the heart, to um, it's really just a huge clearing and healing and sweet card. It's profoundly beautiful. But to move from there into the moon is really important because we're moving from a space of healing to a space of a walkabout 
to a space of darkness. We're going from the light of the moon to the or the light of the stars to the light of the moon. So Aquarius to Pisces is a time to look in in order to reflect out and to notice where and how our relationship is both to ourselves and to others. And of course, obviously, basically, we're going to be moving from really deep reflection and healing to really deep surrender and darkness. And not darkness in a bad way, darkness as in really embracing mystery and uncovering all the treasures that live there. Um, I was going to talk a lot about the new moon solar eclipse in Aquarius, but I feel like I'm complete for this evening. And I think that we're going to talk more about that when it happens. I'm just paying attention to my body and I think yeah, I think we're, I think we're, we're good for tonight. Um, probably better to talk about it in the moment anyway, right? Um, I love all of you. Thank you so much for being here. I love doing these. I hope they serve you. I hope you love it. Um, if you like this podcast, leave a review. Um, I, uh, just want to remind everybody, um, this is probably unnecessary, but, This um, podcast is not a tarot theory podcast. And I feel like some people might be getting upset because it's not. (laughs) So I'm sure most don't feel that way, but um, it's never been a tarot theory podcast. And if you read the description of this podcast, you will see that it is deep conversations with people who use tarot on their path, it's channeled guidance for the month ahead, interviews with people who, you know, conversations, um, and mini tarot lessons. That's always been what it is. So if you're looking for something that basically like is very straightforward, is very standard tarot issue, and very well done, I'd recommend Vidi Tarot as a compliment to this podcast. And I would recommend um, Teresa Reed's Tarot Bites. And of course, Rootlock, um, which is a phenomenal podcast. Um, and everyone who um, listens to this podcast, I, I highly recommend that you support Rootlock because they're amazing. All of those people are, but he, he's really great. Um, they are really great. Uh, and uh, yeah, so when you leave a review, just know that. There's been a little bit of confusion on that. I would say just read the description. You know, and if you want to leave a shitty review, that's fine. But <laughs> whatever you want. Just a lot of people who have been leaving <laughs> negative reviews are not not paying attention to what the podcast is. So I would say if you are going to do that, um, you can, I guess, if you want to, but... Just read what the podcast is about and you won't be disappointed. It's really clear. So (laughs) I say this with love, Um, but it actually is happening. So I just want to remind everyone who's made it this far what the podcast is. And I love you guys. So if you do feel called to leave a review, whatever kind of review you want to leave, that's fine. I welcome all of it. Um please um 
subscribe. It helps the numbers. It helps all kinds of different things. It's really great. Um, and that's it. And honestly, you don't have to do anything. It's enough that you even just listened to this. It's enough that you listened. Um, you don't have to review if you don't want to. I'm just so grateful that this community exists and that you're here and I appreciate you. And again, I really love you. And I'm very grateful to be here with you. And having said that, thank you for listening today. I wish you an absolutely magical eclipse full moon experience and a beautiful month. And I will certainly see you next week with a lovely interview. Um, and until then, be well and take care. <laughs>